You're listening to Time Out with Jen and Lisa, a podcast where we talk about what matters most, sports. Hello and welcome to episode eight of Time Out with Jen and Lisa. This week we're going to talk about the NFL, the first round of the playoffs, the wild card playoffs, I should say, took place this past weekend. And also we're going to touch on some Major League Baseball news that is uh, ongoing as we get amped up for the start of Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Jennifer Fink, and with me is... Lisa Porcello. And let's kick it off with a little bit of NFL news with the wild card weekend. And the first game that took place was my fantastically awesome Buffalo Bills. And they went up against the Indianapolis Colts, which I knew would be a pretty tight game. I knew it was going to be pretty tight. I did not anticipate it being as tight as it was. Um, it was way closer than I had thought um, it would be. But, you know, I think I mentioned in probably week one of this series that Indianapolis is my sleeper team. They were my underrated team. And I think they really showed it um, on Saturday when they played Buffalo. Buffalo did not, I don't think, I, th- I don't know if they were nervous or what was going on, but I, I I thought they looked a little bit out of sync, so hopefully they can get things back together. Uh, what did you take away from it, Lise? Well, I think the Bills, I mean, they still won the game. It. it uh, I don't know if they looked out of sync or what. I, I don't think they did. I think they found a way to win, and they did. The, the Colts are not a throwaway team. You know, they, they gave them a tough fight, and the Bills figured out how to turn that around and win the game because what matters is winning it doesn't matter how you win it just matters that you win the game in the postseason I get that I get that but what I'm thinking is you know they they played a good game they played a solid game the stats were good but compared to how they played against New England and how they played against Miami I feel like they weren't quite as in sync I get it a win is a win you want to get the win but I I felt like well, let me just say this. The 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 way a top team is defined is it's a team that figures out how to win. True. You know, they find any way to win the game, and the Bills did that. True. So I think that's what you have to look at. That okay. They won the game. They figured it out. Maybe they were a little out of sync. Maybe Indy was giving them a tough show, but you know what? They figured it out. So I think that's what matters. I think um, the real test for the Bills is going to be uh, this weekend against the Ravens. Against I agree. The Ravens. I think that game is is going to be a, a really really tight game. Um, I think it's going to go back and forth. I think in the end the weather may be the well, the victor in that, in that <laughs> game. What's interesting is is that Lamar Jackson, you know, the quarterback of Baltimore, uh, he's headed to Buffalo on Saturday, and Buffalo is known for several things. It's known for its wings. It's dedicated fan base. And the one thing Lamar Jackson has never, ever experienced, quarterbacking in the snow. Yeehaw, baby. (laughs) He has never quarterbacked a game in the snow. He admitted this. Uh, He grew up in Florida. He'd never seen snow until he was in college at Louisville. 
I think. Uh, now, Buffalo, I think I just saw has a 49% chance of a blizzard-like yes. conditions yep. on Saturday yep. it's night. It's going to be perfect for Buffalo. Now, snow games are notorious for slippery conditions, vision issues. It's difficult for players to deal with even who know how to play in the snow. Right, right. Uh, this is going to be something completely alien for Lamar. Um, and I mentioned this to you earlier. I think he needs to find a ski resort <laughs> and just start throwing reps in the front of the snowmaking machine. It's not a bad idea, actually. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. <laughs> Uh, you know, Buffalo, the weather can change in an instant. It can go from bright and sunny to blizzard conditions. And as I said, 49% chance of a blizzard. So for you Buffalo fans, let's hope for a blizzard. Yeah. I think that's going to play big time in their favor. I agree. And I, I think, you know, I think we're, we're pretty healthy. I mean, we don't have Zach, Zach Morris. He's going to be Zach out Moss. for Zach Moss, not Zach Morris. He did Morris. pick up Devonta Freeman. We did, but... He's uh, a vet, so you have that. Um, but the poor guy's got to learn the place. <laughs> yeah, just run up. Just run. Just go. Just go. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a good game. You know, Baltimore... Baltimore's a team that has always given Buffalo trouble. Well, I so. mean, uh, the Jackson and the, the Ravens, their run-oriented offense, it's basically a logistical nightmare for mm -hmm. the Bills. Um, that's their one big glaring flaw is that they're not good with defending against the run. Uh, I mean, you look at the Col the Colts game. I mean, Colts rookie Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he got the Bills a few times, um, you know, with runs. But they I mean, shut it down in the second half, which yeah, but, I think was the, the and that's deciding change. You know, good teams figure out how mm -hmm. to win, and they did. But Buffalo's got Jackson. They got J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. They provide a much tougher, more dynamic challenge. So... How does Buffalo go about limiting uh, Jackson's outside runs? You know, I mean, he, let's see, he rushed for 136 yards. He had a touchdown on 16 carries against the Titans. I mean, Buffalo's been susceptible to big runs all season. So I think they're, they're going to need all hands on deck to contain that. Yeah. Now, it's not going to be a walk in the park for the Ravens defense. Either. Oh, not at all. I mean, no. uh, Allen and the Bills averaged 40.4 points in their five final five games. Uh, and even though their offense did lag somewhat in the indie game, they did enough to show why they're definitely a Super Bowl contender. You've got Stefan Diggs, led the NFL in receptions and receiving arts. He's pretty much unstoppable, in my opinion. Uh, you've got fourth-round rookie uh, Gabriel Davis. I mean, he's really emerged as a, a bona fide number two. Um, I mean, he had four catches, 85 yards against the Colts, uh, which included two toe taps that were probably among the oh, best of this, the best in the season, this weekend's action, I think in this season, I mean, he really saved the bills on two occasions. Now here's the interesting part. Uh, Baltimore, essentially they'd swallowed up Derrick Henry in the run game of the mm -hmm. Titans. Uh, but is it going to be too much of a risk to really shut down Buffalo's run game? Because then you're opening right. up Josh Allen and you're pushing him into a shot into a, a shootout. Right. So do you really want to risk that with the, how good he, he is doing? And he's got Diggs. He's got Gabriel Davis. I, I think that's the risk that Baltimore is running by shutting down that that run defense. Now, also Buffalo won't be at full strength. You mentioned it earlier. They don't have Zach Moss. I think he had an ankle injury. Right. Uh, 
The thing that I think is, is going to be the deciding factor is the defense, the secondary defense. And Buffalo definitely gets the edge in that. Okay. Um, I, I am not convinced that the Ravens are going to have a strong running game. So I feel like that's going to be the difference. I think that they're going to be able to shut down Lamar. Um, and I'm not sure that the Ravens can shut down the Bills. Well, here's my pick, my prediction. The Bills will win. Mm-hmm. Because Josh Allen's on fire, and despite the Ravens' uh, defense, there isn't a team in the league that Josh Allen should be intimidated by. Right. Uh, Diggs, Davis, and Cole Beasley are as effective a trio as there is in the NFL at this moment. And Buffalo's secondary, like you said, ought to erase. Just unbelievable. Yeah, they're, they're going to erase all of Baltimore's uh, speed-oriented options in the passing yes, game. Yes, I agree. Bills will win. I, I think the Bills are going to win, too. I know it's two and a half points. I think it's going to be because of the weather and because of the secondary, even without having, you know, Zach Moss there. I, I think that they are going – I think they're going to win by at least a touchdown. They still have Singletary. They brought in Devonta Freeman. Singletary's been kind of disappointing this year. and I don't know if it's just because he hasn't gotten a lot of touches. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if he can step up his game because he's going to have to take more of the, the workload than he has in the past. And the um, thing is, Buffalo It's probably going to be by 10. I think Bill's by 10. Buffalo doesn't need to rely on their run game, which Baltimore right. does. Exactly. Yep, so. I agree. I agree. So, and, um, you know, as you mentioned, you know, the Ravens got by the Titans. That game was actually a surprise for me. Um, I thought Tennessee was uh, the better team going into that matchup, but... Um, but I think the Ravens know, were the smarter team. I, I agree. I think Tennessee made some kind of dumb mistakes well, especially in the end the, I mean Derrick Henry they just kept giving Derrick Henry the ball when he wasn't going anywhere you got to change your offensive sets and you could see the frustration on his face right and the coach was trying to you know settle him down but you could see he was frustrated because he just was not getting the runs that he normally does right and Ryan Tannehill I mean you know I've always said you know he he was with Miami he wasn't in the best offense down there but he's still Ryan Tannehill and even though he's had a great season with Tennessee, I think I, I just don't think he he demanded enough of a change for the offensive set for Tennessee. I, I can't say that their defense was bad. I thought that they played a good, solid defensive game. I just I just think that you know they had no they, they had didn't, no answer. They for didn't the have Ravens anything. Defense. Yeah, they didn't have anything, any sort of backup to Derrick Henry. And like I said, they just kept giving him the ball. Like it was stupid. I was like, what are you doing? Like the guy can only get like a yard. You're going to just but frustrate when him. When that's what your offense is centered around. All year. But it's then, not like they have crappy receivers. I mean, A.J. Brown's probably one of the best receivers. I think they, you know. I, I honestly think the Titans panicked that because they, they weren't getting the production out of Derrick Henry. I, I feel like they panicked. Yeah. You know, like, oh, crap. Like, what am I going to do? I guess I have to throw the ball more. I guess I have to get more catches. Like, I feel like they panicked a little because mm-hmm. Derrick Henry. And and they, instead of, like I was saying, good teams figure out how to win, they didn't figure they didn't out figure how out. to beat, to go around the fact that the Ravens had their number when it came to Derrick Henry. They, so uh, to me, that doesn't make them a good team. Right. Yeah, no, I, I get it. And, that, you know, I, I was surprised, but, um, you know, of the two, I think, being a Buffalo fan, I would rather play Tennessee, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, but you know um, what? Let's let's look at it this way. Buffalo's big, that one their big weakness is 
the run game. They can't, they, their defense against the run has always struggled a bit this season. Now imagine Derrick Henry going up against that. That's true. That's very true. But I, you know, I, I, I do, uh, I, I, I do feel that I, I kind of would have rather have them play in Tennessee than Baltimore. But we'll see. I now, think it's going to be a good game. Something interesting about that game, I don't know if you noticed it, but when the game was over with, did you see Lamar Jackson and the rest of the Ravens run off the ah, field? Yes, and, the very last play. I believe it was like 38 seconds And didn't left. shake hands. He snapped the ball, and he took a knee, and he tossed the ball, and he ran off the field. And I was like, oh, man, that's like total unsportsmanlike. Like, you know, what is he doing? He should be a role model. Um, and then some stories started to come out. And I think you you wanted to talk about that a little bit. Do you want to talk about that now or do you want to dive into some other games? No, we can talk a little bit about Let's it. Let's do it. Uh, so the win sent Baltimore to a divisional round, as we know. Uh, it avenged a pretty bad loss at the hands of Tennessee a year ago. Um, now, Lamar came out and said that his displeasure with Sunday's uh, opponent, the Titans, stemmed not from postseason defeat, but instead from a pregame altercation when the teams met in November. Now, the Titans ran out of the locker room before kickoff of that game at Baltimore's M&T Bank Stadium, paraded on the midfield logo before Ravens players had come out on the field. Coach John Harbaugh confronted Titans players, traded shouts with veteran defensive back Malcolm Butler before telling Coach Mike Vrabel he found the act disrespectful. Tennessee ended up winning that game in overtime. Uh, And I I think that was a big part of it. (laughs) Um... You know, leading up to that rematch, Harbaugh and the Ravens sort of downplayed the animosity between their teams. But Lamar Jackson pointed back to that scuffle in November uh, when a reporter asked him post-game news conference why he didn't shake hands. Um, He's quoted as saying, I feel it was just disrespect. We didn't see what went on before the game last time we played those guys and they were standing on our logo and they were getting into it with our coach. That was just disrespectful because, you know, we treat all of our other opponents with respect and it wasn't no reason for us to shake hands and stuff like that. We could be the bigger guys, so we just walked off the field. So So there's a lot of bad blood (laughs) there between the two teams that I I guess, you know, at the time of the game, I I didn't realize there was that much. Um, Well, after they... um, they had that interception in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Ravens ran to the midfield. They jumped on the center of the logo. They got penalized 15 yards for taunting. It didn't matter at that point. But I didn't realize that there was mm-hmm. that much animosity. I didn't either. I didn't either. And, y- you know, I mean, who knows what would have happened after that game. I know it was getting a little bit chippy near the end. It, it, m- maybe it was better that well, they just that's went off what the Lamar field. Jackson was intimating that it, that's why he did it because yeah. he wanted he says that he wanted to be the better man and walk off just the field. leave because I think he he saw that there could be some confrontations so to me it's amazing how things can be perceived when we mm-hmm. watched the game immediately we were like oh that was incredibly rude unsportsmanlike behavior but then when you read about it you're like okay, maybe he did do the right thing. Yeah. Yep. So it's all about how we perceive things. Yep, I, I agree. And I 
I think I think in the end he did do the right thing because like I said you could see it being a little chippy mm-hmm. and even after the game after he went off the field you know the um some of the Tennessee players were drawn with the Baltimore players and God only knows if the teams didn't just go off the field so I guess you know we should get we should give Baltimore a lot of credit and it was led by Lamar Jackson where they just went off the field and yeah. you know what I wasn't going to be quick and point fingers and say Baltimore was an unsportsmanlike at the time I was. But when you you hear the whole story, that's why you need to know all sides of a story before you come to a conclusion. This, you know, this really turns turns the tables and Baltimore did the right thing. I yeah, agree. I got to agree with you. I agree. So, yeah. So Baltimore, Tennessee, that was quite a little game. The second game on Saturday was the Rams and the Seahawks. This game was absolutely no surprise to me. Um, I picked the Rams to win this game. Lisa said I was crazy, and I said the way Seattle is playing and the way the Rams have been playing the past few weeks, even without Jared Goff. Well, that's what and my he did concern was. He did come in because... Um, Wolford. Wolford got hurt. Neck right. injury. He had a neck injury, yep. so he was out. Um, but I think even if Goff didn't play, uh, Seattle still would not have won the game. I, I just... All season long, I... I've just not been impressed. It's like Pittsburgh and Seattle. Everybody was talking about them in the beginning of the year and how they were going to, you know, they could end up being in the Super Bowl. Okay, well, no, because, you know, Seattle, the second half of the year, didn't really do anything. They didn't, their offense was, you know, a quarter of what it was the first half of the year. Their defense wasn't nearly as good. They did lose to the Giants. And and they lost to the Giants. (laughs) I mean, that's got to be an ego killer. So, yeah, when I saw that it was, even though it was in Seattle, there's no fans, mm-hmm. and I was like, the Rams are winning this game. The Rams are just, I feel like they're just starting to gel. Are they going to win their next game? No. Well, but <laughs> <laughs> but I-, I was not surprised by this outcome. I, the, well, the next game, the Rams-Packers, that's a game to me that's a toss-up. I, I-, I can't. I think either team could win that game. Uh, I, I think it's going to be Green Bay and veteran leadership. I think that's going to end up being the probably the deciding factor. But you've got, I mean, I think it's going to be a classic because you've mm-hmm. got the Packers who have their top, top drank scoring offense against the Rams who have the league's best, best defense. defense. Uh, you know, it's going to be a great game. But like I said, I think it's going to come down to veteran leadership. And I think Aaron Rodgers is, you know, I'm not going to put him in the same class as Tom Brady with reading defenses, but, and, and making game, game time changes or play decision, game play decisions, I should say. Um, but I, I just don't, I don't see the Rams beating that veteran leadership that Aaron Rodgers can bring to the Packers. And, Aaron Rodgers will get in his teammates' faces like nobody's business. Well, and I, I think in times like this, if it's a close game and he gets in people's faces, I, I think it could it it could, you know, go in Green Bay's favor. Well what I think about what I think is interesting about Aaron Rodgers is he's a guy that doesn't need much external motivation. But he was reportedly pretty angry when the Packers picked quarterback Jordan Love in the twenty twenty draft. Uh, instead of brooding about it, uh, Aaron Rodgers has basically uh, conducted one of the best seasons of his career. Mm-hmm. I would say it's comparable to his 2011 MVP season. Um, he's throwing for a league best 48 touchdowns against five interceptions. Uh, he's 
you know, has one of the NFL's most dangerous uh, quarterback wide receiver combo with Adams. Uh, you know, he he's also playing behind one of the NFL's best offensive lines. Um, so I see what you're saying about Aaron Rodgers. But I, I think how the Rams' defensive line fares up against Aaron Rodgers is going to dictate this matchup. He's going to get. He's going to be on the turf a lot. I think he's going to be sacked a few times. He's going to be rushed. But again, I think it's just going to come down to veteran leadership and 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 knowing, reading defenses and and knowing the right decision to make when he needs to make it. And I and I think that's what's going to separate this game. I don't see this game being a blowout no, from Green Bay at all, but I don't see it. I can't remember what the spread is on this game. I want to say it's six and a half uh, Green Bay. I could be wrong on that, well, but, um, but I, I, I see maybe a touch. I, I see maybe a touchdown. I mean, the Donald, uh, what's worrisome about him is that he had to go to, you know, his rib injury. Yes. He had to have an MRI. That's true. Yep. Um, I mean, he, he's let's great. face it, though, it would take, like, a broken leg to keep him out of a game. So I think it I would take more than that. I think he'd have to have, like, his head half <laughs> I, severed I don't off. know how worried that is, but will his effectiveness be diminished? Right. It, it could be. He could be more of a hindrance to help when now, you're injured. The Rams secondary is definitely going to get tested by Rodgers. Uh, but it's a deep unit. It it's well-equipped. It is. It's going to be a good um, game. They'll definitely slow the Packers down. I mean, you've got Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> Um, Darius Williams. Uh, so I don't know about that. Uh, what well, also you have Jared Goff, who, despite having just coming back from thumb surgery, uh, looked pretty effective. Yeah, that was uh, that was kind of crazy. Hmm. Uh, he's got Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, um, Cam Akers for your running game. Now I think the Rams could win this game, and I'll tell you why. I think the NFL's best defense could really flummox Rodgers. Uh, if they neutralize Adams, the rest of his his arsenal doesn't look that uh, that remarkable. Uh, Donald is the league's best defensive player. Uh, the Rams have that loaded secondary, which I think could erase Rodgers' second and third looks all game long. Um, Akers is determined to have a robust running game. Uh, that could off, offset Goff's diminished throwing ability because of his thumb. I think they could upset the Packers. Now, Packers, if I'm going logically, I would have to pick the Packers. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rodgers is playing the best football of his career. Uh, he desperately wants a second Super Bowl ring. Um, you know, he's they've shown the team has shown that they can destroy teams yep. all season long. Uh, Adam scored a league best 18 receiving touchdowns. He's, He's pretty much unstoppable, unstoppable against single coverage. Uh, it's you... going to be, I think it's going to be a test. I mean, but I, I, I do think green Bay is going to end up on top, um, on top of this one. I would have to go with uh, green Bay as well, but I think the Rams could pull an upset. Got it. So. Sounds good. Um, just so you know, um, urban was hired as a Jaguars coach. Whoa, that just happened? Yep. I told you, didn't I yeah, say you that? Did. You Urban said Meyer? it last week. I didn't think he'd do it, but think about it. Is. He's going to have a young like I mean, they're going to get Trevor Lawrence. So, uh, what coach wouldn't jump at that opportunity? I agree. I agree. And they have a lot of money I think they can spend to Probably. build the team. Yep. So, yep. 
Huh. All right. Thanks there for that. Go. No that, problem. Uh, breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> breaking news. Um, um, uh, the other, are you done with, uh, are you good with Green Bay? And uh, Well, actually, I have one more thing to talk, uh, two more things to talk about with Green Bay. Go ahead. So the first one is just kind of an interesting little thing. I like that. Uh, Jared Vell here is going to make history for the Green Bay Packers on Saturday. This is the same Jared uh, Veld here who played for the Colts in the recently completed wild card game, wild card round of the NFL playoffs. <laughs> how is that possible? Yes. How is that possible? So did he get traded or something? <laughs> <laughs> the Packers have been shorthanded on the offensive line uh, because their big star David mm-hmm. Bakhtiari had a torn ACL. So they uh, basically they went and signed jared veld here after the indianapolis loss so he's going to be he if he plays he will become the first player in nfl history to play for two teams in the same postseason how about that i they need to put him in for one play absolutely i would let him get a little history totally take would. him out and be done wow how about that and what's your other uh little fast my fact other little fast fact i love these little these uh, little quickies is uh actually it goes with the packers again Man. So Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if you realize this, but in 2015, uh, he won Celebrity Jeopardy. Do you remember this? Ah. I think so, I remember seeing it recently. He let it slip that he's going to be a guest host on Jeopardy uh, during the off season. That's very yeah, cool. Yeah, he wasn't supposed to say anything. <laughs> so that makes sense why all of a sudden they came out with the whole list of people that are yeah. going to be a guest host. Got it. So, okay. you know, they're currently using a bunch of interim hosts to replace Alex yep. Trebek. Um, it's Ken so, Jennings this week, I think. Right? Yeah, so he he is going to guest host. That's pretty awesome. Who knows, maybe after retirement, this might be this his might be new his gig. new gig. I, I he's a Jeopardy. pretty brainy guy. He's so. a brainy guy. So yep. there, those are my my two little random NFL. I like things. it. I like it. <laughs> so we had two good games uh, to start off Saturday with the the Bills and the Rams, and then the evening game. It was good up until I would say probably the last eight minutes of the fourth quarter. It was sloppy. It was Tampa Bay took out Washington. Um, I, I mean, it, it just goes to show why the NFC East just shouldn't have even had representation (laughs) in this because here is a team that was, um, I believe what seven and nine and they're hosting a team that's 11 (laughs) and five. In fact, we started watching the game and, and Lisa looked at me and said, well, they're in Tampa Bay. And I said, no, they're in Washington. She goes, but they had a crappier record. I'm like, but they won the NFC East. So that just goes to show, like, you know, Tampa Bay is your, your wild card and, and they're <laughs> 11 and 5. But um, I, I thought this game was pretty good considering Alex Smith didn't play. Um, you know, Washington, if they can continue to build on what they have, I, I think in a few years they could really be a legitimate postseason team. They need offense. They do. I mean, they're sort of falling apart, but Renee Rivera did an absolutely amazing Ron Rivera. Um, Renee Rivera. He's a baseball player. I've yeah, been he doing was a that catcher for the New York Mets backup catcher, actually. Yes, so. yes. I Ron think, Rivera. Yeah, I think I always liked him. But um, anyway, Ron Rivera. <laughs> Ron, sorry, Ron. Ron Rivera. Um, he's done an amazing job with Washington. I, I haven't seen this type of team unity with Washington in a really long time. I, I feel like they're very supportive of each other. Um, they are encouraging each other, and that that 
is a testament, I think, to him. Um, Tom Brady did his usual, 381 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Henneke, 306 yards, a touchdown, an interception. Not not crappy. Like, pretty good. No, and not crappy at all. And he... He wants to stay in Washington, and I think he would be a, a, a well above average uh, backup quarterback. I agree, I agree. I think um, I think he. I, I hope they. I hope they keep him. But yeah, I mean, I thought it was. I thought it was a good game, and and then I felt like Washington just wasn't quite sure what to do at the end. Like they just, you know, they turned the ball over. They were rushing things, but that just takes they're experience. Just, yeah, they're. I mean, they're a young, uh, young defense. An amazing defense, and but young, young offense. Yeah, uh, just a young team in general. They, you know, they they need they need some some offense. I mean, I love Alex Smith, but he's not the long term answer for them. No, uh, they need they need a, a quarterback. They need some. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they need help at all the positions. But they kind of remind me of the Bills like four years ago, where you could sort of see that if they just got the right pieces and they stayed together as a unit, and I think with Ron Rivera, I think they have that leadership in place now that I think they could be a legitimate postseason team um, in, a, in a few years. In a few years, I, It reminds yeah. me of that. Young, they're kind of trying to figure everybody out. What do we really need? What don't we need? So... Uh, you know, I, I thought it was a pretty good game. It was of the three. It was my the least exciting game. Yeah, that day. I agree with that. But um, but yeah, no, yeah. Tampa Bay goes on. Tom Brady just well, continues with another team. Do you have anything else you'd like to say about this one? Not about that game, but I want to talk about Tam- the Tampa Bay's next opponent. Is they're going to be facing the Saints. So I have. Did you see the the really funny thing that Tom Brady posted? Oh yeah, on his Twitter. <laughs> the two old guys, Drew Brees and Tom Brady. That was pretty awesome. I, I thought Their that combined was combined age is what like eighty something, eighty two, yeah, eighty three. <laughs> when if you look at the the quarterbacks in the postseason at the moment, they're all under the age of twenty five. <laughs> yeah, and then you have these two old old guys. Uh, so it is tempting to think that this game could be the end of an era. When you the last time maybe Brady and Breeze face each other, I think it could be Drew Breeze has has battled through some injuries. Um, he's you know he's kind of been hinting around about retirement. Brady he he's he doesn't show any signs of slowing he's down. He's not going to retire anytime soon. He's sort of showing some sort of renaissance since <laughs> this know. season. So I don't see yeah. him retiring. Um, now. The the Saints, they didn't have the prettiest performance against the Bears, nope. uh, beating them to get to this game. I mean, Michael Thomas was uh, back in form, I think, in that game. Uh, I mean, but, he had, you know, Bree- I think Breeze is really the one that, and, and Kamara, the two of them were really the ones that really kind of put New Orleans over the edge, and, and Chicago just didn't have an answer for no. um, for for Breeze or Kamara. Um and but, I yeah, think, I, I I think you know. I think you're gonna have the same thing with Tampa Bay. I think uh, the Saints could easily overwhelm uh, a talented but inexperienced Buccaneers secondary. I agree. Um, I I think yeah, I agree with you on that. I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a, a, it's gonna be a crazy battle. I think at quarterback, but I think that um, I think New Orleans is gonna come out on top in this one. Now Tampa Bay may get a boost if they're. Uh, second year sort of rising star linebacker uh, Devin White is activated from the COVID-19 list. Uh, I think Suh and Jason Pierre-Paul are both quietly undergoing uh, sort of renaissance seasons. Um, 
The Buccaneers' pass rush could force Breeze into a bunch of mistakes. Mike Evans, I mean, he was, wasn't was even slowed down by a knee injury. I mean, he had six catches for 119 yards and a touchdown against Washington. You've got Chris Godwin. He can run every route. And he's uh, questionable. You've got Antonio Brown. He's beginning to mm-hmm. resemble the player he was of past. He, he could be a difference maker for Tampa Bay. He Brady's could. got more weapons than he's had in over a decade. I mean, if you look at his, his season stats, Tom Brady. I mean, he has played all season. I mean, it's Tom Brady. He very rarely misses any games. Drew Brees was out for a portion. 11 uh, broken ribs and yeah, a punctured Yeah, he was out, what, lung. six games, five games? Yeah. Somewhere in there. So uh, Brady's got his almost usual numbers, 4,633 yards, 40 touchdowns. The big key is the 12 interceptions, but mm. I really think that was just learning the system. Yep. Breeds for playing a little over half of a season, almost 3,000 yards, 24 TDs, and six interceptions. That's about where he usually is. Um, you know, Kamara's had a great, a great year. He's Michael almost Thomas a, he's, is back at top. Form. I think that's that's going to be big. Um, Jared Cook is questionable for New Orleans. That could hurt them at the tight end slot a little bit because um, he's an excellent blocker. But I, I do see, I, I do see. Um, you know, it's it looks like the Saints are a three point. Uh, favorite, which is pretty much just home field advantage. I mean, but last, I do, I do see, I do see the Saints winning this game. The last time New Orleans and Tampa Bay faced off, I think it was November. Oh, New Orleans destroyed and Brady them. had a zero touchdown game. Oh, uh, he's three interceptions. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was November. Uh, you know, it's been a couple months. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, although Tampa Bay has this star-studded receiving trio, I, I think that. Marshawn Lattimore mm-hmm. uh, is one of the league's best corners, and I think New Orleans uh, has their number, Tampa Bay. Now, I agree with you. I think the Saints are going to win. I'll tell you why. I think the Saints are going to win. Uh, their fifth-ranked scoring defense has enough weapons to keep Tampa Bay star receivers in check. Uh, and they could pick Brady a few Everybody's times. getting healthy. Yeah. Thomas and Kamara alone account for uh, an amount of attention on every snap. Uh, they they could I mean they could easily be you know forty to fifty percent of the yards. I mean the, for Saint, New Orleans. the Saints have dominated the Buccaneers twice this season. There's no reason why they shouldn't do it again. I mean can can Tom Brady pull off some of his magic? Absolutely, it's Tom Brady in the postseason. I mean he is the best playoff uh, best postseason performer in NFL history. I mean yeah, it's Tom Brady in the postseason, even just with a different uniform. I mean and he's still amazing. The Saints have been the Tom Brady and the Buccaneers kryptonite this season. Yeah, but uh, he, you know he he's elevating his game at the right point yep. in time. Yep. I mean he's just been getting better and better, and I think he's playing at peak right now. So. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a great game, but I, I do see... Uh, Tampa Bay's hot. Um, this is their big rival. There's a berth to the NFC title game on the line. I and think Tom Brady wants to show that he... Is not the is Patriots not, and Belichick. And he's not the Patriots and Belichick, and he's not the quarterback that last played the Saints. I but, I could see an upset. I could. I don't so you know... you could see a Rams upset and a Buccaneers upset. I could. I'm not saying I'm putting money on it, but I could see an upset. <laughs> it's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. So here's a little interesting fact, and then we can close out. New Orleans, Tampa Bay. So I'm looking at um, ticket prices as well, like because you know they're allowing like 20 percent or 25 percent capacity. So we could go to Green Bay and go to that game for 231 dollars a ticket. That's not bad. It's not bad because right? that's I would pay Green more Bay, than that for a regular season game at a Giants game. Green Bay, cold, 
January, whatever. The New Orleans Saints Tampa Bay game is the lowest $1,415. I mean, that's $1,200 more than Green Bay. I mean, but you're seeing two Hall of Famers that are, it's probably the last time these two are ever (laughs) going to play each other. So, yeah, I, but I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, the other game, let's take a look. Let's take a quick, uh, quick chat. Uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Um, I, I, this was another game that I called. There was no way now Pittsburgh was winning this game. They have just derailed since I would say probably week 12, 11, 12. You've just watched them just disappear into the abyss. Um, Pittsburgh hasn't won a playoff game since Obama was president. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm very interested to see what happens with, with Ben Roethlisberger. He's done. I don't have a bunch to say about this other than I'm not surprised Cleveland won. It's a shame that it doesn't count that they beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh for the first time in 17 consecutive games because technically it's a playoff game. It's not a regular season game. but You I, can the tell way, they, they were out for revenge. Oh, <laughs> and the way Cleveland's been playing the past few weeks, it was just – it was a no-brainer for me to pick Cleveland over Pittsburgh. Um, 48-37 to 37 is, is sort of um, a closer score than the game actually was. I think we turned it off at the beginning of the second quarter. Uh, but Baker May- Mayfield had an unbelievable game. 263 yards, three touchdowns. You know, uh, Chubb, 76 yards. He had 18 carries. Uh, the big one for me is James Conner. He was held to 37 mm. yards, and, and that, that really, I think, speaks volumes. But I want to – I mean, can I touch a little bit on uh, yeah. Ben Roethlisberger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I was just going to turn it over to you and see what you had sorry, to say Sorry, I, I couldn't it. wait my turn. I know. I man, apologize. God, jumping in, jumping <laughs> in. Uh, so I think it's going to be the end of an era with Ben Roethlisberger. He replaced – do you remember who he replaced in – September 19th, 2004, when he came in the game the first time. I don't time. think it was Neil, Neil Donald, but... No. <laughs> Tommy Maddox. That. He replaced an injured oh, Tommy Maddox. right. Tommy Maddox. I forgot so, he was there. He's 38 years old. His current deal lasted the 2021 season. So Roethlisberger's current deal has him playing through the 2021 season. Uh he has pointed out numerous times that he's played through the entirety of every contract he's ever signed. You know, he hopes the Steelers want him back. Now, there's a list of pending free agents. Uh, we've got Bud Dupree, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Connor, Alejandro Villanueva, Matt Feeler, Mike Hilton, there's Tyson Lahlu. <laughs> I didn't realize there were that many free so, agents on Pittsburgh. Smith-Schuster, he... He has said that he wants to stay, but I, I think there's a really big chance that he's priced himself out of the market for a team that's already $13 million over the projected 2021 wow. salary $13 million? cap with Smith, Schuster, and company off the books. Wow. So if they wanted to keep Schuster, they'd have to restructure big dollar contracts like Roethlisberger, um, couple of others but the Steelers would have to get pretty creative to find a way to pay Smith Schuster what he would command in the open market and I don't I don't know if I see that happening um so I think also the Steelers are going to look at that they're going to look at the fact that they play in a conference where the four teams playing during the divisional round 
are led by quarterbacks who are 25 years That's or younger. That's a big thing. That's a really big thing. Three of them, Buffalo's Josh Allen, Cleveland's Baker Mayfield, and Baltimore's Lamar Jackson, are still on their first contracts, which gives their teams oh, money to build around. Now, if Roethlisberger and his $41 million cap hit return, that won't be the case in Pittsburgh. So the Steelers went all in this season, and they look like they might be a favorite, but they... Didn't they didn't make it again? And as I said earlier, they haven't made it since Obama was president. Uh, let's see, they've allowed thirty-seven points or more in each of their past three postseason defeats, losses in which they've never once led. Wow. Uh, so they've been. I mean, they've been good for a really long time. Um, but I think the end of an era is here. I think. I think it is as well. I, I think Roethlisberger. I think it is as well. I think playing the 16-game season, getting, you know, the team, Pittsburgh had some injuries, but really the 16-game season, I think it really beat him up. I think Agreed. that elbow injury last year really took a toll on him. Um, you could just tell, and I said it very early on, they just needed to play a good defense. And I, I was surprised at how quickly they got deflated and how quickly you could see them almost imploding on each other, kind of, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it was like they were all frustrated, but nobody knew how to to take that frustration and put it on the field and win. So, you know, I, I do. I think it's the end of an error. I think Ben... I think it's the end of an error for this Pittsburgh team. Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to be able to keep Juju. <clears throat> no, Juju. no, no, no. Um, I, I don't see any of these free agents. I don't see them. I don't either sticking around I don't um I think it's gonna be a whole new have, look next year they're over in terms of salary cap <sighs> you know I wonder if it's the end of an era for the entire team right now I think I it mean is. they're a very good team but they just haven't done it in the postseason no. no and I think that the first step if Roethlisberger isn't willing to accept or re a greatly restructured contract for next year then I think it's time to cut him loose yeah I, I wonder what he's going to do. I really Especially do. It's going to be interesting. I think they have until the beginning of March. Yeah. Um, and then they have they really have to make a decision by the beginning of March. Especially in the fact that you look at the quarterbacks there in the 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 same uh, conference as him. Oh. It, the movement yeah. is youth. Yeah, they're all very young. They're all very young. So I, I think it's the end of an era in Pittsburgh. It's going to be an interesting uh, few months, I think, with Pittsburgh. And I'm sure we'll be talking about it uh, again. So do you have anything else on the, the Pittsburgh game? No, but should we talk about the Browns versus Chiefs? Yes. Now, since you're yes. so high on the Browns, do you think no. they have a shot in beating the Chiefs? Mm -mm. <laughs> it's a 10-point spread, but I, I would... They play like they did against Pittsburgh, and they, you know, play all the way through to the end of the game. It could be 10 points. It could be 7 points. I just don't... I don't see the Browns beating them. It's, I don't. It's an. It would be an uphill battle for them yep. to win this game, but I also think they're a team you can't sleep on. Right, because you never know when they get hot, they get hot. But I, I just don't. I don't see it. I mean, Kansas City secondary, it's sort of like it was two years ago. It's not quite as solid as it was last year. 
So maybe Landry and May- Mayfield <laughs> could connect on some amazing maybe you could hope, plays. Maybe you could hope uh, Mahomes, Kelsey, yeah. Tyree Hill get bored yeah, again. Because, yeah. I mean, you could tell they were sort of bored during their final month and a half of the season. Yeah. Um, eking out one-score victories over opponents. I just, I think it's a playoffs. I think it's a different atmosphere. They're going to be fans there. Um I I see Kansas City winning that game. Tickets for that game is five hundred and eleven dollars. By the way, well, I agree with you. Kansas City, There's nothing for Buffalo. <laughs> by the way, Kansas City is a, a no brainer. <laughs> They're the most yeah. dangerous returning champion I think since the twenty fourteen Seattle Seahawks, uh, who ended up losing in the Super Bowl. But yeah, on a stupid play. But <laughs> we won't talk about that right now. Mahomes plays in a different tier than anyone else. Agree. Uh, he's agree. Kelsey and Hill are the best players in the league in their positions. I mean, they're just a juggernaut. They have a superstar quarterback, head coach, offensive coordinator, tight end, and wide receivers at the peak of their oh, power. They're just unbelievable. I, I don't. They're, they're as a team, they're in a different tier. It, it's just a matter of did they peak too early? Like that's sort of what I was a little. I'm a little worried about with Buffalo. I think the first quarter is going to be really telling for buffalo like did buffalo peak too early did buffalo peak you know two weeks ago Well, you just worry because you're a <laughs> buffalo fan i am and we're not used to this like I, I was talking like, about it today I'm, I'm not used to this like where i'm pacing and i'm stressed and i'm nervous and you know i'm <laughs> drinking more beer like it's just, it's not i'm just not used to it well, I mean, you're like a you're like me as a old school Mets fan. That's you it. You know, the Mets. Everybody's picking the Mets to win the World Series because they picked up Francisco Lindor and. Oh yeah, their their stock went up. I don't. I mean, I'm There's an old no school way. Mets fan. I know what we're like. We collapse. There's so no I, way. I, they, they, they don't I, have enough tools. I can feel you. Yeah. But so, I mean, back to the to the Browns Chiefs. Uh, <laughs> The only thing that might hurt Kansas City is Clyde Edwards Hilaire has got that bomb ankle. That's um, true. Yeah, uh, he's I their did. running back. Yeah. Uh I mean he's been their lead running back. That could hurt. Um The Browns he's are on a high. Sammy Watkins is questionable and uh, Dion Yelder is questionable. The Browns are on a high. They they beat their arch nemesis. I mean, we were talking, you know, if you want to talk about some of the greatest rivalries in sports, Browns Steelers is up there. Yep, up top ten, up there with Duke. But did Carolina. they do? But did they do too much? I guess we'll say. So, but I agree. I, I think that you'd be. An, it's a no brainer. You've got to pick the Chiefs to win this game. It'll be Kansas City, Buffalo. I'm gonna go. I, I I'm gonna go with the, the the standard: Green Bay, New Orleans, Kansas City, Buffalo. And I think the the only challenge Kansas City is gonna face is Buffalo. Because I think if they get to the Super Bowl again, let's say they beat Buffalo and they get to the oh, Super Bowl. the NFC isn't a challenge for anybody. Absolutely. So if yeah. if they get, well, let's say, okay, if Buffalo beats Baltimore and Kansas City beats the Browns, if Kansas City gets through Buffalo. They're winning the Super they're Bowl. They're winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. Whoever, I, I honest, I actually think that whoever wins the Baltimore-Buffalo game could win the Super Bowl. Because that means that Baltimore's peaking at the right time, <laughs> and <laughs> right. I mean, I don't. I, I don't see Baltimore beating Kansas City. I don't know. I feel like you know Kansas City's gone a little backwards. But anyway, so enough of that. We have New Orleans and Green Bay and Buffalo and Kansas City. There are winners for this week. So Major League Baseball. Do you agree? Actually, do you agree with those? Yes, Those but selections. I think you think the Rams. I, could... I think the Rams could pull off an upset. Okay, so I will throw that in there. The Rams could pull off All an right. upset, okay. and I think Tampa Bay could pull off an upset. Okay, 
All right. I think that's fair. I'm not saying bet money on it, but I'm just saying they could pull off an upset. So on the Major League Baseball, um, I know you have a lot to talk about. I saw that the the Mets. Very, very happy Mets fan. Yeah. I see that they just signed (laughs) Jose Martinez, too, to just a one year Uh, deal. I mean, well, it's a little right handed bench depth. I'm I'm okay with that. I I want to talk about. That's a bad move. I want to talk about how. Carlos Carrasco. Let's start with him. Cookie? Let's start with Carlos Carrasco. Um, I, I think he, he's sort, he wasn't talked about in this trade because, you know, it, Francisco Lindor. I mean, it's well, Francisco Lindor. But Carlos Carrasco, I think, is going to be a really nice addition he is one to of the, the Mets rotation. He's one of the best comeback stories in Major League Ever. Baseball. Uh, I mean, the dude had leukemia. And became one of American League's steadiest starters. Yeah, he was he was a, a reliever when he first came back. He struggled a little bit. And then last year he started as a reliever and then came back as a starter, like halfway through the season, you know, their, what, 80-game season. And I thought, you know, I think I think that's a great pickup. I think the fact that Carrasco and Lindor were a package is total kudos to the Mets uh, for for pulling that one off, and they they didn't give up a ton, which no, I'm I, happy about. You know, the the Cleveland just didn't have; they just don't have the money to mm-hmm. hold on to to hold on to Lindor. I mean, he it's a shame. I mean, he's he's sort of been the face of the Indians franchise. I mean, the dude's got a, a great smile. He just has a joy for playing. He's one of Cleveland's seems most like a good popular, guy. He's one yeah. of Cleveland's most popular athletes, and it's just the Indians. I think would have loved to hold on to him, but they just they don't have the money. Um, you know, they're they're hoping to stay competitive. Uh, they're hoping Ahmad Rosario from the Mets can fill in for Lindor. Um, you know, they also got Andre Jimenez, a couple of minor league prospects, uh, two outfielders. I don't think the Mets gave up a whole lot in this trade because we don't have the best minor league system, so we're not really giving up a lot of talent there. I love Ahmed Rosario, Ahmed Rosario um, but Lindor is a, a total upgrade. Lindor is, <laughs> uh, you know, it's unfortunate because he, he's played in Cleveland, but he's always one of those players that you want to get in fantasy baseball because he really is a five-tool guy. Well, he's going to – I think he's going to love being in New York because he just has a great personality. He just – you can see he loves to play the game, and I think New Yorkers are going to eat that up. I agree. Especially Mets fans um, because we haven't had much to look forward to, so I think he's going to be a popular guy. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. So I think uh, since Steve Cohen bought the Mets, uh, Uncle he's, made, Steve. he's made some really nice deals. You know, Marcus Stroman uh, took the qualifying off- offer. He signed right-handed reliever Trevor May. Uh, we got catcher James McCann. Uh, we also gave Noah Syndergaard a one-year deal. I think the Mets are definitely looking to make some noise. I don't know if I agree with people saying that they could be World well, Series winners. I- Again, I have been a Mets fan for a very, very long time. We have not had a World Series win since 1986. I've seen a lot of good Mets, supposed good Mets teams come and go. And, you know, each promising to win the World Series and not doing it because it's the Mets. So maybe I'm being a little cautious, but let's just say cautious optimism is how I'm feeling about the Mets. Cautious optimism. There you are. uh, Their, their odds boost for the world series outrage just went up to six. Mm -hmm. And the Dodgers are repeat Yankees. I don't um, see the Dodgers repeat. No Braves. 
Possible. Possible. White Sox, Padres. I think Padres are kind of a sleeper mm. team. You got to keep an mm. eye on. Uh, then the Mets. Yeah. I I I think that's that's a stretch. Um, it just I'm a Mets fan. I think fan. it's a stretch. I, it's kind of like I get being it. You're, a you're being fan. a Buffalo fan. I get it. I get yeah. it. The Yankees are the favorite to win the American League, by the way. Dodgers, Braves, or Padres for the National League. But yeah, I I um I know Francisco Lindor. That that's like life changing for you. And there's the there's still some more deals to be made. Uh, it's, DJ Lemayu is still sitting out there, and if the Mets well, get DJ LeMayu and have Francisco Lindor. I think you've just moved up into the second slot to win the well, World DJ Series. Well, DJ LeMayu, some news came out today that the two teams that are, are most, they're saying, could land him are Toronto because they've got a lot of money to spend. Yeah. And the Mets. And I think, I, I mean, it's sad that nearing the middle of January, he's still a free agent. He's. I don't understand. I I, I truly don't I mean, understand. Here's the thing: a, a large majority of the top free agents are are uh, unsigned. I mean, it could reflect the lost revenue from last uh, summer, the valid. fear of those conditions uh, continuing. Um, so, I mean, you look at like JT Real Muto, George Springer. Trevor Bauer, Marcelo Zuna, LeMahieu aren't yeah. signed yet. It could be because of that. Yeah, but there's a there's a lot that LeMahieu, aren't. So LeMahieu has is a two time batting champion. He's been the Yankees' best player, I would say, arguably for the past two seasons. Uh, he's become, according to sources, pretty dismayed at the fact that the Yankees are doing the slow play tactics it's with him. Stupid. You know, so stupid. I don't understand. Like, he's your five-tool player. Just give him what the hell he wants. He's two-time batting champ. I you, mean, you take Gary Sanchez over him. <laughs> Jesus. You know, LeMahieu. Sources are saying that LeMahieu, uh, he wants, he expects more than Josh Donaldson's four-year, ninety-two million dollar deal with the Twins, mm, and he that's... wants to be on par with. J.D. Martinez is five years and $110 million with the Red Sox. So the Yankees are just not meeting those terms. So he's asked his representatives to re-engage with teams that have previously shown interest. The Dodgers, the Blue Jays, and the Mets are the three that really have come out strong. You know, I, th- I believe I read he's going to meet with, virtually meet, with uh, several teams this week. Uh I mean, he's not alone in in his disappointment in industry that seems to be responding unenthusiastically to a player who's finished in the top four of MVP balloting the past two seasons. He plays three positions, hit three thirty six as a Yankee and three oh six in two postseasons. Here's hoping the market turns. Uh, yeah, I, I hope it turns. Because if you look at his numbers, like I just said. He can, you know, just the fact that he can play three positions and he bats over 300. The bottom line is, is he's going to end up, I think he's going to end up with the Mets. And I think that that's going to be absolutely huge for them. And I think he's going to have a great we do five need a, years. We need a third baseman. He's going to have a great five years with the Mets. That's it. I, I, I think he's going to end up with the Mets. Uh, what else you got with the Major League Baseball? Uh, Kyle Schwarber. He ah, signed yes. a one-year deal worth uh, $10 million. With the Nationals. Uh, guy's a power hitting outfielder. He had a big 2019. Disappointing 2020. 
but Schwarber himself has said that he is really excited to play with current national skipper Davey Martinez, um, who was a big influence on him in his career, uh, noting that Martinez helped him make the transition from catcher to outfielder. Um, so I think that's going to be a good pairing with Schwarber, the fact that he's going to be back with Davey Martinez. Uh, I feel like, um, you know, he did have a disappointing 2020 season, but I think he's primed for a comeback. Uh, he's only 27. It was a pandemic season 2020. Uh, the year before that, he hit 38 home runs, 92 RBIs, uh, 250 batting average. Um, I, I see him, you know, reuniting with his old coach, Davey Martinez. Uh, I, I do see him having a comeback year. So I think that was a nice pickup by the Nats. We'll see. I'm not sold on him. You're not sold on him. I'm all right. I'm not sold on him. And, I, and that's that's all I have. I don't have any statistical proof to say I'm not sold on him. I'm just not sold on him. That's it. I'm not sold on him. Do I think the, the Nats made a mistake? That's a lot of money. But well, it guarantees but, him ten million. I mean, uh, whatever. It's fine. It's what for a year. Like, it's, it's it's a year, whatever. and I think he's guaranteed more depending on performance. It's I think, fine. The the move that that I'm most impressed with that just happened this week. I think it was this week. I'm not even sure what today's date is. So yes, I think it was this week. Uh, Liam Hendricks. Yes, that was, that, was, <laughs> that was this week. That was that was I think it was Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday. Yes, it was. Everything blends together with this whole quarantine thing. Um but yeah, Liam Hendricks going to the White Sox. I mean, he is arguably, I think, one of the best relievers in the game. He was definitely, I think, the best reliever out on the market. Over the last two years, he's had 161 strikeouts and he only gave up twenty four walks. It's a three year, fifty four million, fourth year club option. It, it, I think it, it's great. I think it's great for both teams. Um, I think Liam Hendricks is going to do well in Chicago, and I think uh, Chicago is going to be happy to have now, him. Now, what is what, now? Do the White Sox? I, I'm not sure. Do they have a lot of money to play with, or are they looking to um, rebuild? They haven't had the best of seasons past couple of years. Yeah, um, I I know that they're they're looking to rebuild. Um, I can tell you exactly. <laughs> what they've got um i mean they they do have a fair amount they're number 13 on the um payroll okay so they've got they've got room they don't have a ton of i mean they have grandal they do have dallas uh keiko i mean they is that how you say they gave name? up their Google. catcher they have they jose can. abreu which i would pay him Whatever the mm-hmm. hell he wanted. I agree with that. I think even though he's 34 years old, in American League, it can be a DH. I think he's he's a great player. They picked up Lance Lynn as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they have Adam Eaton for a little bit longer. I think $7 million. He's only 5% of the payroll. Liam Hendricks is 9.37% of the payroll now. Uh, I mean, uh, and let's face it. Lance Lynn, <laughs> I mean, I, I think... I think Chicago could make a little bit of noise in in the central. I do believe too they have a pretty good uh, farm system. They do. They've have got a good some farm good talent system. coming up through the pipeline. So you know, my only thing that dismays me is that they did hire Tony Larusa as their manager. But you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, there were um. a lot of guys that 
so the I know the White Sox were very interested in Marcus Stroman. Uh, oh yeah, Mets. Stroman said no. And Stroman said absolutely not, and he resigned with the New York Mets. Yeah, yeah. So there are some, that was a good thing. <laughs> there are some players that that don't want to play for Larusso. Yeah. That's a hiring I don't understand. I don't understand. An I don't old, understand that. No offense, but he's an old, broken down drunk. I, I mean, is. why would you want? I mean, he's. he's just, he's a bit he's, he's said some uh, racist things in the past homophobic, like racist everything why, like, why do you want that on your team yeah. i don't understand i don't get it chicago i don't get it i don't understand i mean honest to god it, it'll be interesting if he lasts a f- uh, two years there well, hopefully he doesn't get a dui midway through the oh, season he, he has a tendency to get those i don't know i i mean i just i just didn't understand it uh, um but you know it is what it is it is what it is now the Op- Cubs did pick up you Darvish, by the way. As oh, well, they did. At the end of okay. the year. Yeah, which is a that's a good pickup. But you know, I think Darvish is kind of is totally on his way out. But uh, that's a nice pickup, I think, for the Chicago rotation. Uh, on opposite ends of the managerial spectrum, someone that was truly a class act and ambassador to baseball passed last week. Tommy Lasorda. Oh, Tommy Lasorda. Uh, you know, just in your face, feisty. Uh, love of the game. Love of the game. Uh, sad to see him pass uh, at the age of 93. That's a nice life, man. And but, he did what he loved. And he stayed alive long enough for the Dodgers to win Yay. another World Series. Uh, I think that's what he held on for. I think three months after they beat <laughs> they <laughs> he won. He held on. He and held he attended uh, game six, the deciding game six. Uh, and it was shortly after that that he was placed into the hospital. Uh, but yeah, so he was able to attend that deciding game and he often declared that his blood ran blue for the Dodgers. So uh, Tommy Lasorda, uh, sort of near and dear, uh, sort of in, very endearing to me, the fact that he's the the son of Italian immigrants. Uh, he grew up in Norristown, Pennsylvania, blue collar sort of area, not far from where we live. Um, and he just loved the game. Uh, he was and- baseball's greatest ambassador. And not for nothing, I think this is pretty big. He was married to his wife for 70 years. Wow. 70 years. Joe Lasorda, they married in 1950. Wow. In April of 1950. So they almost made uh, 71 years. Wow. And, you know, they've been in the public eye for probably 90% of that relationship. Uh, that's just amazing. He's just... He was one of those managers that I loved, you know, I grew up outside of Philadelphia. We used to go see Phillies games. It was like 40 minutes from the house. And I'd always want to go see the Dodgers because I always wanted to see Lasorda manage because he always had some sort of antic with the Phillies, with the fanatic, with the players. Oh, I always loved his fans. his uh, his uh, interactions with the fanatic. Oh, yeah. Like when he took the, he took the ATV and drove it yeah. around. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, he was such baseball and, you could just tell that he loved the game and he loved the guys kind of like Bobby Cox to me where Mm -hmm. you could just tell that they just loved every aspect of the game. Sparky Anderson was that way as well. Um, I'm sure there are others that I'm, but those are the ones off the top of my head I can think of. It's, it's really a shame, but he had a fantastic life. He got to see the Dodgers win another series. 
So um, 1988 was the last time that they won with Kirk Gibson's amazing home run off oh. of uh, Dennis Eckersley. That was really awesome. I do like their, his story, uh, you know, because he did he had a, a brief major league career. Very brief. Uh, as a left-handed pitcher. He, um, unfortunate he liked timing. To, <laughs> he liked to say that he would have pitched more in the major leagues, except the Dodgers were committed at the time to another left-hander. That being Sandy Koufax. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, after, you know, after uh, becoming the Dodgers manager in 76, I think he was 21 years. Yep. He was the manager. Um, he was on television shows. He hung out with celebrities, bickered with umpires, and he won baseball games. Uh, the only reason his coaching career was ended is he had a heart attack in 96. By that point, he'd won 1,599 games for the Dodgers, four National League pennants, two World Series titles. He was twice the National League's Manager of the Year, and in 1997 was inducted to the Hall of Fame. The Dodgers retired his number two, and, and in 2000, he won a gold medal with USA Baseball. And at I think in the that Olympic Games, USA was not the favorite, wasn't it? The oh, Cubans? Cuba. Yeah, they beat, and, they beat Cuba. Yeah, and so he led them to the gold medal, so... They should uh, <laughs> not have beaten Cuba. I mean, it, I, I still, I can still remember seeing him jumping up and down um, when they won against Cuba with his USA jersey. I can still picture it in my mind. <laughs> and I always could because I was like, you know, that just shows what he had. And he was crying because he was so excited for the players. Well, I think and, also being yeah. the son of immigrants, to be able to win a gold for your country that means a lot. Yeah. I, I think I that means that. a whole hell of a lot to someone like that. I could see that. Um, you know, truly an American success story, uh, a great man, a big loss to baseball. Uh, he will truly be missed. He will be. He will be there. They don't make them like that anymore. That's for not sure. at all. No. So that's all I have on major league baseball. Do you have anything else you want to talk? One about last or? thing is that, uh, for sports, the uh, first sports book is coming to Major League Baseball and the Nationals. So you're going to be able to sit in your seat in 2021 and make bets during the game on the game in the Washington Stadium on the Nationals. Interesting. Huh. Uh, they announced they have a deal with BetMGM to become its official gaming partner. Uh, so, so you can, so it's just an app. Yeah, they're going to have seat. betting window, electro, electronic betting kiosks, uh, to uh for bet mgm sportsbook it's going to be the former center field social space at the corner of north state and north street and half street located to the right of and just outside the center field gate and oh it, it yeah will not, yep. it will not be accessible from inside the ballpark oh so what's interesting and I, I don't know if we have time for this but gambling and baseball sort of have a complicated relationship uh a long relationship. Uh, I almost feel like it shouldn't be allowed with all these rules with gambling and baseball. I think out of all the sports, Major League Baseball has been yeah. the most steadfast in distancing itself from gambling, starting with the the Black Sox oh, scandal, Speaker. Pete Rose's ban from baseball. Yep. Um, but, there are tons you know, of them, yeah. Times have changed. Uh and look, Major League Baseball is now embracing betting as a lot of, as more states are legalizing it. Um, you know, they've been partnering partnering with fantasy sites. Uh, yeah, that's true. So, you know, the the Nats deal is going to allow fans to bet on what happens during the game. 
So but, instead of our little uh, nickel bets or pretzel bets, we can actually bet real money. And no coaches or players will be allowed to bet. So they're still banned from betting. Uh, who's to say, you know, that's I, not going to Somebody's happen. cousin couldn't be placing bets for him, but whatever. Uh, you know, they're they're trying to come up with ways to engage new fans. You know, baseball and can... And it's a new generation of fans. Uh, the thinking is that baseball can be more interesting when fans can bet on the outcome of every play. I agree. From their seat on their smartphone. It's going to be very exciting. You're going to see a lot of cell phones thrown on the field. <laughs> um, you're going to see fist fights. I mean, God knows. But I, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not a huge proponent of it, but I, I do see where there's revenue that can be made. I see Engaging where it, can, the it fans. can engage the fans. I mean, because you and I all sit there and be like, I bet you a nickel he hits a ground ball. <laughs> or I bet you, I bet I you, bet a, you pretzel, a pretzel. Usually it's score. a pretzel. Usually it's a pretzel. You know, <laughs> I bet you a pretzel they're going to score this inning, you know. So it's, I'm neither here nor there on it, you know. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I mean, honestly, you and I can do it when we go to devil's games because sports gambling is legal, legal in New Jersey. Jersey. So our one sports team, the New Jersey Devils, we can technically gamble on the game while we're sitting there. It'll be interesting to see what they offer as um, options to bet on. Like, is it, you know, because like, you know, you go to the betting sites now, you can bet on the coin toss, you can bet on who's going to be your first touchdown scorer or, you know, things like that. But how detailed are they going to get? I'd be interested to see that. Like, well, you know, maybe you know, something are like you gonna, are, how many like how many batters is the pitcher going to face in the fourth? How inning? many strikeouts will the pitcher have uh, 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 over under or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, so I'm interested to see what what they come up with to make it engaging, because if it's just like your basic ones that you can do in, in a sports book. That's not really game engaging. So I'm interested I'm, I'm to see what to the see platform if, like, is. You can bet on individual batters. Like let's say Kyle Schwarber comes up to bat for the Nationals. Can you bet on will he strike out? Will he like single? within that like, moment? Yeah, yeah. Like will I, you be I able agree. to do it during that moment? Yeah, because like right now you can bet like that. You know, certain people will will have two hits, a home run, or whatever. But um, I'm interested to see how they bring that interaction. Um, how they bring it to the seats and put tie it in with the game. I, I think that's going to be interesting to see. And, you know, I have a connection down there in Washington, So, and you have not seen the stadium. So I don't want to go. Do, we do need to go. No. Um, it's a pretty nice stadium. I, I hate like the it. Nationals. Come on, they have giant presidents I that run around. I hate the Nationals. Yeah, but you don't have to cheer for them, but you just got to have a picture yeah, but with it, Abe. My luck, it'll be the Nationals playing the Phillies, and I hate both No, teams. it won't be. I, I wouldn't or do that Or the Nationals playing the Braves, and I, I hate do those to teams you either. as well. <laughs> So I, I I'll pick like Nationals twins. Like okay, well then I really want to go to Boston, so I want to see fine. the Red Sox. Play. Let's go. I I I like going to Fenway. I hate Boston Red Sox, <laughs> but I like Fenway. I, I'm probably gonna root for Boston unless yeah, they're no. You you can't do that. That's where I draw the line. Hey, look, Lise, go get me a beer, and then I'm gone. <laughs> In the car, home, see ya. All right, folks, I think that wraps it up for us this week. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I just even have a chance for a rebuttal on that one. How about that? But uh, we thank you for listening. Yes, and, thank you. And uh, do follow us on anchor.fm slash timeoutjl. You can also follow us on iTunes podcast. Um, and that's it. We uh, look forward to you talking to you next week. And go Bills. And maybe someday you can bet on our podcast. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Bye.